Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> Welcome to Sisterhood, everyone. We're so glad that you have joined us for the friendship table, uh, the type of friendship table that you have when you cannot really have a friendship table. Uh, because for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, here in, in Sydney, our studio that we would usually record in is actually a little bit shut down at the moment and so we have decided to do a pivot and we have gotten innovative and we are joining the zoom uh revolution of 2020 and 2021 and so we are having the friendship table online via zoom broadcasting to you wherever you are and we just want to say a huge hello and good morning or good afternoon or good evening wherever you are i pray that you are well uh, and that you feel encouraged this morning encouraged by uh, the spirit, uh, you know, we were praying just before we were praying together. And I just, I just prayed this simple prayer. Lord, I pray even now, but before we even begin, I pray that women would be encouraged even in this moment uh, by your spirit. And so I just want to let you know that there, that the, the host of us here, uh, the four of us who are here on this zoom are thinking of you and are praying for you and believing God's loving kindness over you, uh, wherever you are. I've been having a little glimpse at the chat. And so it's good to see Shekinah. It's good to see Linda Orr. Oh, who loves Linda Orr? I absolutely adore Linda Orr. That rhymes. Um, I see mom, Roberta Lee, Bobby Houston uh, in the chat. And um, I miss you so much. Um, but I'm... I love you and we're just so thankful that you are our pastor and i'm so thankful that you are my mom but uh, thank you for being here today mom and for to see chris jury and julie scott and michelle faulkner amanda stanmore all the girls are here and so thank you for being here and um and today i um i have the lovely uh, my lovely friends who are joining me this morning uh so we have cass and joyce and carolee with us so a few favorites this morning but before before i kind of properly uh, get into conversation with the girls i wanted to give you um just a couple of fun facts about my family at the moment because uh we are in lockdown um which is okay we're in lockdown and and we're we're making the best of it and we're being positive and it's going to be okay but here are a few fun facts about us okay so we are loving the olympics anybody else loving the olympics in fact in fact last night um we watched fiji uh win gold medal uh win win the gold for the rugby sevens and i cannot lie i cried tears pete was on one knee crying tears i just think fijians are the sweetest people on the planet 
I just, I just think they truly are. They are just so humble and lovely and sweet. And even as they um, received the gold medal, they got down on one knee to receive it out of honor. And it's just this, the sweetest, loveliest thing, isn't it? To see people win um, is just amazing. And so we're loving the Olympics. Okay, this is a very random one. But we have discovered that Lola, our, our one-year-old, she'll be two in November, uh, can you believe that? But Lola um, enjoys having showers now, uh, but only if there is a bucket that she can sit in, inside <laughs> inside the shower. So that's been a really cute discovery because she just sits in her little bucket and she's so happy inside the shower. That's a random one. Okay, we have discovered, fun fact, Willow absolutely loves homeschool. In fact, I think that she was born for it. Uh, she gets all of her homeschooling tasks done before 9am, before even sometimes before I've even gotten out of bed. She is amazing. Jack, on the other hand, oh my Lord, I, I have to be honest with you. Wow. Wow. That kid is a free spirit, a creative spirit and motivating him to do his homework tasks is like the great challenge of my entire life. But I love that kid so much. Okay. Also, Pete, um, Pete is a runner. So he started, he picked up running um, two years ago. He picked up running, had not really run ever in his life. I asked him yesterday, how much did you run yesterday? He ran 21 kilometers yesterday. Gosh. Can you believe that? <laughs> how amazing is that? Okay, so, um, so I'm so excited to be sharing um, this morning with these ladies, and I know that we have something in our heart that that we wanna we wanna share. Um, and so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna throw it over to Cass for a second. Now, now Cass, I I don't know if you realize this, but I uh, text your husband Rich um, last night, and I asked him for a, for a few fun facts about Cass. And this is what he told me, okay? So Cass apparently can literally sleep anywhere. <laughs> Actually, I have seen this for myself. Um, but Cass can sleep anywhere. One time back in her uni days, she would sleep through her classes, but eventually went on to ace the subject, won a cash prize, and had to give a speech on how she enjoyed the class. <laughs> To me, that just seems like classic gas. Okay. Um, she loves white flowers only, only, only white flowers. Um, and this one I found very interesting. Cass speaks fluent Danish, wow. spent, spent a year there on exchange when she was 15. Is this true, Cass? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's not so fluent anymore, but it comes back pretty quick. Okay. Do you want to say something to us in Danish this morning? Oh, I love that. Okay, where is the wildest place that you have uh, fallen asleep? Um, look, I don't know where the wildest place is. I feel like I've fallen asleep. Very, I've missed my stop on trains. I've fallen asleep in um, Kiev at the end of a colour run and almost missed the night meeting. Um, I was I, there. I was there for that one. I witnessed that moment. I actually, when I had children, I would sleep through the night and Rich would literally kick me in the back to wake up and feed them because I could literally sleep through anything. <laughs> 
I do that, but I'm only pretending to be sleeping, <laughs> but hoping that Pete gets up with the baby. Does anyone else do that? Yeah. And then I feel like we're having like a silent little argument. No one's talking, but it's like, who's going to get up first? Anybody? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Cass. Okay. So at the friendship table, we always have, um, we always have our tea. And yep. so do you have a teacup with you and what tea are you drinking? Okay, I have two, right? I've got actually my coffee cup that I have got my coffee in because I don't really like tea. <laughs> so this, Joe sent this from our Sunshine Coast campus to me last year and they've become my favourite cups. But I did find this one in the cupboard. We have a Smurf teacup, which I feel like is just joy personified. So yeah. I should have my coffee in that one. <laughs> that is so fun. That's so cute. Okay. Uh, oh, do you want to say something? Okay, I love the Zoom. Okay, Carolee. Okay, Carolee, I have to I have to admit I've done the same thing with you. I text Ben yesterday and your fun facts, I have to say, are very interesting. Oh, no. Very <laughs> no, you shouldn't be worried. Okay, so this is what Ben said. Carolee was a child actress. Wow. She was she was the first Polly Pocket they based the toy on her and she did the early ads. Now I have to say like that is unbelievable to me because I loved Polly Pockets as a kid. I loved Polly Pockets and I can completely see it. So this is this is an amazing revelation. Okay, so Carolee is in Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, you have gone to town here. <laughs> um, she is bilingual. You speak French. Do you want to say something in French? Bonjour. <laughs> I mean, my actually, my kids are learning French right now in homeschool, and it's quite um, it's quite nice to like refreshing. I I feel like if they keep up with it, maybe we could have a secret language that Ben doesn't know. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, this is very this is quite funny. She dated a worship leader and songwriter named Ben. They broke up, and then she started dating me. Is what he said. <laughs> so you obviously have some have a thing for worship leaders and songwriters named Ben. Ben Fielding. But yes, that is a true fact. That's so funny. Okay. Um, she is a middle child, and before she had a license, she drove her dad's car through their garage door while her parents were away. That happened. Okay, mom's car. What was it, which was in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay, and this is probably the wildest out of all of the fun facts of Carolee, and this is this is it. She is a Nickelback fan. <laughs> Ooh. You are too funny. I think I can just hear Ben saying all of those things as well, which makes it even even funnier. But but Carolee, okay, show us your teacup and tell us what tea you're drinking this morning. Okay, this gives you a bit of an insight into the Nickelback thing because I mean I'm not a Nickelback fan, but I grew up with them because I'm from Vancouver, which is where we all grew up together, and um and I'm missing my family, and so I'm not the type that keeps a lot of random mugs in my cupboard, but I've got two. One's is Vancouver, one's is Canada, and every time I drink from it in the morning, I think about my family, and I pray oh. that we're another day closer to seeing them. So this is my 
mug. And for all the friends who are missing their families, I pray for you and I think of you as well. And in it is actually, I've gotten really into these, um, the iced tea bags. Do you know the ones you put like the cold tea bags? They're really good. That's my tip for you in lockdown, cold tea bag. Wow. Can you just buy them from the supermarket? Yeah, they're like um, twinings, right? They're twinings and you just are lipped in or something like that. And they're really nice flavors like red grapefruit and mint. And you put them in your water and it's just a lovely way to drink water. That's beautiful. Thank you. That is a good tip. Okay. And Joycey, okay. Everybody loves Joyce. I am yet to meet a person who could not, does not love Joyce because she is just ah oh, the most wonderful pastor and leader and friend and caring and kind. And I am so excited, Joyce, that because <laughs> is that your head getting bigger? Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm just so excited that we are having this format that we're doing this Zoom this morning because it means that you can join us mm -hmm. and we can hear from your incredible wisdom. And so I asked Steve the same thing for some fun facts about Joyce and he, he sent me some and I I just, I have to say, I love the way that Steve loves you. Pastor Steve loves Pastor Joyce. Um, it's very, it's very beautiful and very evident. Um, and so this is what he, he told, he wants to tell us about Joyce. She was born and raised in a Buddhist family in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Yeah. Um, she spent all of her childhood playing sports, athletics, netball, hockey. So you could have been in the Olympics, Joyce. I know they missed me. They can't <laughs> afford me anyway. <laughs> they can't afford you. So good. Um, so your sister played volleyball for, for Malaysia. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Loves cold weather. Yes. So how do you go living in Brisbane? I just stay in the air condition. Ah, so simple. Yep. <laughs> and okay, so you cook. Joyce cooks and delivers food for numerous people, families every single week. Uh, he's exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this one I found particularly uh, interesting, but not surprising. Uh, Joyce does not like the platform. Yes. Now, I, I've, I seriously am panicking about this in case I disappear out of the screen. So that's another added measure, which is technology. <laughs> That's so well, look, I feel like we're all the same. In fact, we, we got on this Zoom a little bit earlier um, to make sure that we just, you know, everything was fine. You know, technically we were, we were all good to go. Um, and Cass and Carolee and I were all struggling to get this beautiful background happening on our Zooms. In fact, I had to get Willow to do it for me uh, <laughs> because I couldn't figure it out on my own, but not Joyce. Joyce came in, Joyce joined the Zoom and she had her background ready. She was good to go. And so kudos to you, Joyce. You are doing way better than you probably feel. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, just one, fun, one other fun question for everybody. Um, so for, for Cass and for Carolee and myself, we are in lockdown at the moment. Um, so Sydney is in lockdown. I know that that everywhere is different. There's people joining us from all over Australia and all over the world. And it just looks different every single place. You know, some, some people are in harsher lockdowns. Other people are uh, 
kind of experiencing uh, a little bit more normalcy and freedom and so on. Um, um, but for us who are, who are back in this second round of lockdown, what's your guilty pleasure? Like just a little guilty pleasure that's helping you uh, cope. Cass, you start. Um, okay, so the other week I bought new dooners and new doona covers for our kids because they haven't had anything new since they were like two. But what it's meant is that our guilty pleasure is when work and school finishes, everybody gets their jammies on and goes into the lounge room because every other room is like a workstation. And so our guilty pleasure is actually like the couch at six o'clock at night onwards and it's dreadful, but it's actually really fun. <laughs> I love that. Carolee, how about you? Listen, Laura, I love being around people. Like I'm, I've never, I've always been an extrovert, never needed time alone. But given that I am in a home now, and a fairly small home, with all my family all the time, the guilty pleasure I have is just going to the shop to get groceries. And I know, like, our premier <laughs> is saying, you know, do it only, like, as minimal time as you can. And I'm like, Gladys, I need to go every day, just for a moment by myself, just to be by myself. That is my guilty pleasure to be locked down a moment alone. Absolutely. Me too. I look for any opportunity to go to the grocery store. And the other thing that I am loving is having Pete home means that it's way easier to get out of the house and go for a walk by myself. And so I'm just loving the good old fashioned walk and pray. Um, do you remember we used to, we, mum used to talk about that all the time in sisterhood, the walk and pray. And for me as a little girl, I, I remember I learned that young and it's something that I have always loved and always practiced, but I feel like I'm loving it at a whole new level right now. And I just walk and sometimes I have like you know, music blaring, worship music blaring. And I'm like, just, I start speaking out loud. I don't realize it until I see other people kind of looking in my direction. Um, and then I just pretend that I'm talking on the phone or something like that. But uh, I'm the same. The other thing that I have to, I have to admit is that I'm not really a big ice cream girl, um, but I have been eating a little bit too much ice cream, I think. <laughs> I think, but hey, you just have to do what you've got to do, hey? That's the truth. Okay, so let's let's get into this morning. Um, I um I was I was really prayerful over what to share this morning and uh, it took me a while to to kind of get there. I was telling the girls just a couple of nights ago, I feel like I've gone back and forth and around in circles to land where uh, where we're going to land this morning. But I really felt like God uh, pressed a, a portion of scripture um, uh, on, into my heart, onto my heart. And so um, I want to read this morning from the classic, the amazing, uh, the beautiful, uh, simply but like profoundly challenging uh, truth uh, that is found in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is not going to be about marriage. <laughs> uh, this is not going to be about, oh, great, the love chapter. Like, I think we always kind of, in my immaturity, I, I have to admit, in my immaturity, 
I always read this in the context of getting married, uh, but I actually feel like the context of this is, is so much greater than just that one relationship. It extends to the church. And actually in the context of this is that, is that, is that um, the church at the time has gotten away from just the simplicity of the gospel. They've started entertaining uh, other ways, other, other, other things, other ways, other things. And, and so we're being brought uh, back, uh, brought back uh, into, uh, into perspective of the truth of, of, of love and the love that Jesus has shown us. And so I'm going to read to you this morning, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I'm going to read the whole thing. So stay with me, okay? Love, love is indispensable. And yet I will show you the most excellent way write that in the chat an excellent way if i speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love i am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if i have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have a faith that can move mountains but i do not have love if i don't have love I am nothing. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And here it is. Love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor, dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I mean, I have to say, it sounds beautiful, but in reality, it's actually quite confronting. It's actually in reality, very challenging, especially when times are difficult, especially when there's pressures and hardships. And, and so I just wanted to, to pull out a little bit of truth uh, for us for us today from here. And, and the first thing that I want to say is that, um, that, you know, we can be as Christians, as followers of Jesus with our social media and with, with the news and with whatever platform we may have, 
We can be like that clanging cymbal. We can be like that resounding gong. Now, I do not have cymbals with me, but I have a pot. I have, my, I have a pot right here, which I'm going to try and show you. We can be like this. I mean, how horrible is that in your, in your living room today? How terrible does that sound? We can be like that with our opinions, with our anger, with, um, with our point of view, even with our preaching, with our prophecies, with all of those sorts of things, which is all good and fine. But if it does not have love, mm -hmm. if love is not the motive, if love is not the driving force, if it is not delivered with a spirit of love, then it is like this. Very good. <laughs> it is, that's what it's like. And so I just want to encourage you with that, um, with your heart, with the intention of your heart, with the intention of your words, the motive of the motive of our actions, let it be with love. Now, not love that we get in and of ourselves, not love that we conjure up from our uh, limited, you know, definition of what love is, but the love that we receive from Jesus, the love that we have received so freely from him. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible tells us, love one another as I have loved you. Now, I think about how Jesus has loved me. He has loved me in the most forgiving and gracious and kind and merciful way, in ways that I, I, I do not deserve. And that's how Jesus has loved us. And this is how he is calling us to love others, not in the way that we define, but in the way that he defined, in the way that he has mapped out in his word. And, um, and so I was thinking about, you know, as a wife, as a mother, you know, I can like do a little stock take of the supplies in my house. So, you know, I open up the fridge and I go, okay, do I have milk? Do I have eggs? Do I, you know, how much butter do we have? Like, uh, you know, where's, how much fruit do we have and veggies? And are there enough snacks for the kids? Because, you know, especially while they're home right now, they are eating like every hour on the hour. Um, shampoo and conditioner, you know, am I running low? Do I have enough to last me for the week? Um, soap, all of those things, you know, I feel like I'm constantly doing a stock take on, on, on the supplies that we need that are essential for, for our household, for our family. And, um, and that's not something that I do once a year. That's something that I am constantly doing. And you know what I feel like with this portion of scripture? I feel like we need to constantly do a stock take. How am I doing with patience? You know, is it running low? How am I doing with kindness? You know, how am I doing with envy? Do I envy others? Uh, how am I going with, you know, being uh, boastful or, or prideful? I mean, do I need to humble myself and, and not be prideful? How am I going with, with honor or dishonor? Am I dishonoring people? Um, how am I going with you know, self-seeking? Am I doing it out of the generosity of my heart to see people thrive and flourish and, and win? Or am I doing it, am I doing is the motive to, to, to benefit and to gain myself? How am I going with anger? How am I going with um, keeping records of, of, of wrong? Um, how am I going with rejoicing, not in what is evil, but, but in what is good? 
how am I going with, with protecting and being persevering and, and truth? How am I going with those things? You know, a couple of days ago, I realized I'm like, you know what? I, I, I would think that I'm quite a patient person by nature. I naturally am a little bit more patient. Uh, um, but the other day I noticed, oh, I, I feel like my patience is, is running, is running dry. <laughs> my patience is running thin. And so I took that opportunity when I could to go outside, breathe in some fresh air. I asked the Lord, why? Like, why, why do I feel impatient out of nowhere? You know, like, well, not, not out of nowhere, actually, but why am I feeling this, this, this sense that my patience is, is, is running thin right now? And I felt like the, God, the Lord showed me something and actually allowed me to be compassionate with myself, compassionate with the circumstances around me. It gave me the opportunity to regather myself and walk back into our family home with my family, with, um, I feel like with, with, with uh, patience in the fridge, <laughs> patience in the pantry, you know, uh, stocked up with, 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 with more patience and kindness. And so I want to encourage you as well where it says, when I was a child, uh, you know, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child, I talked like a child, but, but now that I have grown, you know, I want to encourage you, let's mature in love. Mm -hmm. Let's mature in love. Mm -hmm. Let's not be childish in our ways. But as, you know, in, in the climate that we live in and whatever opportunities present us, uh, wherever we find ourselves, let's choose maturity. Because when we come into salvation with Christ, we put away our old nature. We put away our childish ways and we choose to mature. And in, in Colossians 3, it says something to the effect of the true mark of maturity actually is love. It's love. The true mark of maturity is love. And so, um, and so I've asked the girls um, some questions uh, to consider around around these 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 scriptures and these thoughts. And so, I thought I would start with uh, with you, Cass. Um, you know, out of uh, one Corinthians thirteen, uh, what jumps off the page for you uh, from the love chapter, and and why? Um, I love what you shared, Lorsie. I feel like it was so beautiful and helpful because um, I've been looking at that list over and over over the last like year and a half. Um, and where it talks about all the things that love is and actually doing what you've said, made a checklist myself and going, am I actually becoming more like this or less like this with all the challenges that life faces? Um, but I've been reading it in the message. And so the things that actually jump off the pages to me, it starts like this, like the list says, love never gives up, mm. which is just such a challenge, right? Because I go in this season, am I giving up on God? Am I giving up on my friends? Am I giving up on my dreams? Am I giving up? Like, am I actually giving into circumstances and giving up on what God's put in my heart? Then it says love cares more for others than for self. And like as a mom at home with kids, like I go, I could pick fights all the time if I wanted to about the dishes getting done and those things. But am I actually serving my family and loving my family and caring more for others, like the people around me, my neighbours and the, the guys in our team and in our church, like am I actually prioritising them? And then it says, love doesn't want what it doesn't have. And I like that for me, I've just gone, oh, let me not be dissatisfied with what I have, but let me share what I have with everybody. Let me see my pantry full and actually go, what can I make with what God's put in my hand to actually serve others with? 
I've been so confronted by those verses in John 13 that you share about that said, Jesus says, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. And then it says, if you have love for one another, and what it, it's not talking actually about the world, it's talking about if we as believers in the church model the kind of love that Jesus wanted us to first to each other, then the world will look at us and we will set an example for them because of the way we love each other. And I feel like that is awesome because it's not how well I love my neighbor, even though I'm meant to do that, but it's how well we love each other inside the body of Christ to start with. So I go, what kind of things can I do in my day that is making life better for Kylie DeMauro, Stephanie Knowles, April Miller, like actually the people that we do life with every day. So I love it. Then the end of it, it just says really quickly, love puts up with anything it trusts God always, it looks for the best, it never looks back, but it keeps going till the end. And so love is consistent and it never fails. That's what leaps out at me. Beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> Joyce, what, what jumps off the page for you? I was hoping you'll ask Carolee first. <laughs> After that, gosh. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing, Laura. That was great. I like your thought on stop take. That's a great, great reminder. I think for me, um, when I read this, you know, this is the very one of the chapters that I always avoid. I'm just like going, uh -uh, I'm none of those. In fact, I'm all the opposite. So it's like, oh, no way. What came out to me about this is that, you know, this is written by Paul, a male. And, you know, he was the one that hated Christians. He threatened Christians. He was hurting Christians. And not only that, he is like highly educated, wrote the, well, almost all of New Testament. And he was tough on churches. He made sure everyone that, you know, to live that certain standard. And that's why he persecuted, um, you know, he was a Pharisee, he was all these things. And he wrote this book, this chapter, which is really fascinating because it just showed to me that love is not a feminine thing. It's not like a, you know, glossy magazine that you have talking about love and gooey, gushing, you know, all that stuff. And that it's not a personality thing. It is a God thing and that, you know, it's a God way of doing life, like what you said, Laura, and you too, you know, Cass, that it is a God way of living. How are we doing in life with God as the example? He is love. God is love. And so I would say well done, Paul, for penning down such an incredible chapter, so much so that I just like go, whoa, I haven't gone past the first one when he said love is patient. That's me done. I'm out of here because <laughs> I am still learning and I still can't, I'm still trying to be patient and everybody knows how impatient I get. And you know what, to get to further on, you just find that this is not something that you can achieve overnight or be that overnight. I find that, you know, it is something that is over time. And it's the more you allow God in, who is love, the more you learn and change and you change from bits to bit, a little bit, a little bit. So I was patient yesterday, today I'm terrible. Or, you know, and you feel like you're one step forward, three steps backward, but it is a process as we go on. That's what I got out of it. 
So good, Joyce. Thank you for just keeping it real. You, 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 <laughs> yeah. You keep it real, and you you bring that context um, with uh, just the only way that you can. And we're so we're so thankful. Um, and yeah, I just love you a lot, Carolee. What jumps off the page for you? I love all of that. I mean, the one verse that just I. I message you last night, Lozzie, and I was like, oh, you had to take this chapter in the middle of this season because it is like it's just so overwhelmingly confronting, like when you think about it. But the one verse that I can't get past is verse 7. And, um, you know, Paul's writing a letter, and any writer that is writing, if they want to create emphasis, what do they do? They repeat the same thing over and over. And in verse 7 it says, love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. You know, always, always, always. He's trying to tell us something, and and um, you know, like I find that really overwhelming because you know, I mean, all of us can probably say we don't always do all these things, <laughs> but but that is what God like is asking. And so it, it's the standard that God is asking us to to you know. And I think the thing about this is we can enter our names into this scripture and say you know, love is always patient. We can say Carolee is always patient. Carolee is always kind. You know, you can try to hold yourself to this standard, but the truth is God is love, and so God is always patient. God is always kind, and and I find that beautifully comforting instead of confronting because the God that I know is patient with me and kind with me. And as I'm trying to get this, he's there. And um, it was actually um, Pastor Judah Smith did a sermon a little while ago at our church, actually. And he, um, he broke down the, like some of those words um, when it says, you know, he always, and he broke down the words, love always bears, love always believes, love always hopes, love always endures. And, and that really stuck with me because when you think about those words, you know, love always bears, you know, like the, the root of that word he taught us meant actually love always covers, mm. love always covers. And I, you know, Imagine that. Imagine if we as the church and as a sisterhood always covered one another. You know, um, imagine if we had a church that was filled with people like that, that covered people on their worst days and covered people in this season with prayer and with, um, you know, well, the next thing says always believe, with believing the best in people. Even when we disagree with them, you were saying social media. I mean, that's a massive Thing in our lives right now imagine if when we read something you know by the people that we disagreed with imagine if we always believed the best mm. you know or if they say some unkind words imagine if we gave them the benefit of the doubt and when I think you know they, I know they're going through something I might not understand or they have a different perspective than I do but I'm going to always believe the best about that person right. you know there was somebody um, on our team who I won't speak about, but he used to get up and say this to our staff. He used to say, read emails with a smile on your face. Read every email with a smile on your face. And it used to irk me. Like, it just used to rub me the wrong way. I'd be like, oh, you know, but, but they didn't They didn't have a smile on their face, you know. And it used to really, like, and then as I've hopefully matured in my faith and in my, like, understanding of what love means, that is actually love. And love is to actually trust that people have, you know, like that they didn't mean it, that maybe they actually, you know, there was something deeper going on or there was something and to actually go, you know what, we all have character flaws, we all have bad days, but I'm going to always believe the best 
about people. I'm going to always hope the best for people. You know, it, I'm going to like, it, and the thing about Paul and writing this is he didn't, he didn't say that we have to ignore sin. We have to ignore bad behavior. Like he's not saying that at all. We, yeah. There's confronting conversations to be had in love. You know, Joyce, you're saying that love, you know, we always think about it as maybe feminine, but the love of God is, um, I read this book called The Relentless Tenderness of Jesus. Mm. I mean, his love is both relentless. He is a lion and tender. He is a lamb. And how beautiful to think of love that way, to go, I can fiercely disagree with you and fiercely love you at the same time. And in doing so, show you Jesus and be Jesus and be what God is asking me to be by learning to love you that way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's so powerful. It, it actually is very powerful. And imagine if we if we truly just understood the power of love. You know, like it's in in its in its fierceness and in its gentleness, how powerful and impacting it truly is. Because uh, it's it's actually kind of cultural. You know, it is. It's to love like like in its truest, most purest form, which is the love of Jesus, the love of God that we have received and to be able to love from that place is, is so uh, not uh, a reality, uh, not a reality. And this is our time as the church, I believe, this is our time as the church to rise up and to respond, to respond to the sound of the alarm on the earth and to respond with love, with the spirit of love that, that God has so graciously imparted into us. And so it is powerful. Um, and I feel like we can't underestimate just how powerful it is. And we can uh, pray uh, and and have the um I guess the motivation to, to, to never lose hope, which we should. Um, and I can, um, I can encourage, you know, our young people and the people that I work with and our church to keep the faith, um, which we should, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love is love. And so may that be our motive. And in a practical way, I just want to encourage everybody. Um, I want to encourage everybody just how can we do this? I, I truly believe that the only way that we can do this well is to receive love again and again and again to receive to be receivers of the love that God is so lavishly uh, pouring out for every single one of us. And that's why it's so critical to be a disciple of Jesus, um, to be to, to learn his ways and to learn who he is. Because as we discover again and again, again, the ways of Jesus, we are receiving his love. We are receiving his presence. And it is a beautiful and powerful force that will flow then from, 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 uh, from us. And so, um, so Again, girls, thank you so much. Thank you for that wisdom. Thank you for that insight. Um, and uh, the, I guess the, sometimes it can be quite vulnerable. Um, and yet it's, um, it's courageous. I think it's, it's amazing to be able to just pull from this scripture, uh, pull the insight, but also just be real with ourselves and real with the context as well. And so I'm so grateful. We've only got a couple more, couple minutes, but I wanted to give an opportunity for anyone who is joining us today um, 
we always, we always, always, always in every service, in every gathering, in every meeting, we always give people the opportunity to respond to the love of God, to the love of Jesus. And so today, if you're joining us, maybe you've just randomly found yourself here or, or maybe you've been, you know, a part of this journey for a while, but you know that you, um, you need Jesus. <laughs> or maybe there's a little there's a little tug within you, that little tug on your heart that's saying, I need a savior. I need I need Jesus to come and to, to be my savior and to be the Lord of my life. I want to give the opportunity today for 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 women, for, for girls, or maybe you're a man and you're joining in right now um, to become a Christian to become a follower of Jesus. And so if that's you, I just want to tell you, he loves you. God loves you. He sent his son for you. Jesus laid down his life for you as the ultimate, ultimate gift of love. Um, he, he stretched out his arms. He died on the cross. He died and he rose again. He is a risen God and he can be alive in your heart and live with you and be our, our companion for all the days of our life. And all it, all it takes is for you to invite him in, is for you to invite his loving presence into your life and into your heart. And so if that's you, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are and for all that you have done for me. I accept you into my heart and as Lord of my life, and I will walk with you all the days of my life. I am a child of God and I have been forgiven and I have been set free. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Incredible. If you, if you made that decision, why didn't you put that in the chat? I prayed that prayer. As a church, we want to do this journey with you. Um, discipleship is the most incredible thing that we uh, get to do together as a church. We're all on this discipleship journey together. And so a huge, huge, huge shout out to anybody who, who made that decision today. We love you a lot. Um, yes, so that's it. What a wonderful morning. There were no major technical difficulties that I'm aware of. Yay. <laughs> we were a little bit scared with uh, with Carolee's Wi-Fi, but it pulled through. So that's, so that's good. But we love you girls. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Be kind to, to one another. Love one another. Let's be the church. Amen. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.